Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in, and I'm Joanne White, and we have such a treat for you today because I'm here with Dr. Bernie Siegel, and this book, he's written so many fabulous books, and I've read many of them. This book is just incredible. It's called Love, Animals, and Miracles, and it's the inspiring true stories that celebrate the healing bond, and it truly is the healing bond between animals and people. Bernie Siegel is not new to the Power Your Life radio show. He's also blessed the Power Your Life TV show. He's a best-selling author, a retired surgeon, a lover of animals, and a well-known proponent of integrative and holistic approaches to healing. Bernie aims to heal not just the body, but also the mind and the soul. He's been at the forefront of both spiritual and medical ethics issues and has been named one of the top 20 spiritually influential living people by Watkins Mind, Body, Spirit magazine in London. He embraces a philosophy of living and dying that's also at the forefront of medical ethics and spiritual issues that our society grapples with today and continues in the breaking of new ground in both the field of healing and in the messages of kindness and love. Bernie Siegel has authored many books, including Love, Medicine, and Miracles, A Book of Miracles, and The Art of Healing. And this book, Love, Animals, and Miracles, in this book he talks about how loving animals has taught him a lot about loving people. Through the many stories in this book, Bernie proves that animals can teach us forgiveness, they can help us to cope with grief, sadness, and believe it or not, even learn about self-acceptance. Welcome, Bernie Siegel. How are you? Thank you, Joanne. I mean, (laughs) the introduction has me thinking about a million things, you know, uh, (laughs) to share with people. Um, I mean, the first one was... How animals, well, I've written a little book called Buddy's Candle because a child, it's again what I learned from animals, a child and his dog develop cancer. And to summarize, the child points out to his parents that the dog isn't depressed and worried about next year. Even (laughs) when I thought one of our children had cancer and a year to live, this seven-year-old said to me, Dad, you're handling this poorly. Because he said, we want to have a nice day you're worried about next year. And and let me, you know, some of the things that didn't get into the book in terms of stories, but um, a friend of mine, who, one of her stories is in the book, but um, she wrote a book called Animals as Teachers and Healers. But many years before that, um, she learned she had cancer, a very poor prognosis. Her boyfriend couldn't deal with it emotionally, so he deserted her. And she said, I'm noticing a stray cat on the porch. So I figure, you know, at least I'll have some other thing to relate to. 
and eventually she let it in the house and um but then realized I'm going through treatment for cancer. I have to know this is a healthy animal. Well, the vet diagnosed the cat with feline leukemia and mm. tells her it has about a year to live. She came home totally depressed. She said, the bo- two of us are going to be dead in a year. But she said, I noticed something. The cat was running around the living room, leaping, having <laughs> on all the <laughs> furniture, having a wonderful day. And I thought, maybe the cat knows something I don't know. And in summary, the cat lived 12 years, and the person who had the experience is alive, married, and doing very well today. So, but, you know, but literally, I think that had she become totally depressed, she could have gone home, curled up, and died, you know, with that attitude towards life. So I'm always saying to people... When you don't know what to do, ask yourself WWLD, and that stands for What Would Lassie Do? So (laughs) there you have a wonderful role model, you know, somebody that you can say, all right, what would Lassie do if this happened? And uh, you keep doing that, you will end up in a very different place than the person who says, oh, the doctor told me I have about a year to live and... You know, then you climb into bed and don't even make it through the year. So you know, I, learn you know, from God's creatures. I've also <clears> noticed <throat> I have I have a Siamese cat, Bernie, and <clears throat> the creativity and playfulness in in not just in cats but in all animals it's it's just a wonder to behold. Yeah. Now I have a question. I don't know if this is true or not, but oftentimes I've seen where people get people get sick. They may not be diagnosed. And oftentimes the animal is sick. Do you think that the animals carry some of that for us, or it's totally a separate issue? Yeah, it. You know, I've talked to veterinarians about it, and you know, because when I was practicing medicine, it, and they said it's not a coincidence that the pets get the same disease that the owner did, and um, you know, it sounds incredible, but they're. See, the consciousness is not local. Um, right. One of the people in the book, Amelia Kincaid, you know, I have to say, there are certain things I always say, I believe in only if I experience them. So I, I don't let beliefs block my life. You know, I don't believe in that. or I do. Right. To me, it's if I experience it, I know it's real. And I thought Amelia was a little bit nuts when I met her years ago in an elevator at a ASPCA non-kill conference and I said to her you know just chatting what do you do oh I'm an animal intuitive and I thought oh here's a (laughs) nutcase she talks to animals but (laughs) but you see that was my belief but one of our cats disappeared a few months after I'd met Amelia so I said to her okay where's the cat now Amelia's in California at the time she sent me an email saying, I can see the the cat is alive. I see the moon through its eyes. That was the first line. Mm. And then she described in such detail the house, all the other animals. I mean, it was unbelievable. And the next morning I found the other cat. And not too long ago, one of our other cats disappeared. And I emailed her, well, Amelia, while she was in Africa. And she said, Bernie, you know, where what it looks like is your garage. And she described it. I said, no, it's not the garage. That's our basement. It's a mess. We have five kids. 
and that's where the cat was in the in the basement hiding because she was having a good time. And no matter how many times I called her, turned the lights on, she never came forward. But once she knew, uh, then boom, out she comes and okay. And that's the part that impresses me. The animals know what's going on in our lives. I, I notice how often the cats that connect with me when something special happens, that if I have an ache or a pain, they'll go and rest on that area. Mm -hmm. Or if I have a cold, they'll sit on my chest and purr. Whereas if I'm getting into bed because, oh, I'm tired, I'll take a nap, they don't waste. It's like, well, I'm not going to sit on you or, you know, heal you if you're just taking a nap. You don't need me. Um, And it really amazes me how they know which part of my body, when I need them, and uh, come to me in that way. Uh, It's incredible. You know, I totally agree with you. And um, a few years ago, I had a cat that that went to it that was very sick. And I went to an animal communicator. And she talked to the cat in such a way that it really, you know, again, just what you were experiencing, that that it just really sounded like my cat. My cat was saying that her systems were shutting down and she was afraid and she needed help, but she knew how busy I was. (laughs) So, so, yeah. uh, You know, let let me tell the people who are listening, because the key that Amelia shared to me made so much sense. She said, Bernie, if you're running around screaming your cat's name or your dog's name, it it doesn't work. You know, where your mind is. You need to quiet your mind and then get into the animal's mind. And you can talk in your head, if you know what I mean. That You can use words, but it's in your mind. And it struck me how similar that is to that universal theme of the still pond, that the ugly duckling knows he's a swan on a still pond. Right. He sees swans and then looks down. A tiger brought up by goats when his mother dies <clears throat> thinks he's a goat until another tiger takes him to a still pond and says, look, you're a tiger. And that impressed me. And I found that when I would get upset, you know, like, I'd leave the car open accidentally and the dogs would run, jump out and I'd just be ready to start screaming. And then I hear Amelia say, Bernie, quiet your mind. And I immediately know where the dogs are and it's nothing to worry about. I mean, I'm laughing because in one case I accidentally hit the button and the car door opened. When I came back out of stop and shop, I thought, oh my God, you know, they'll be gone. And I'm about to when I hear Amelia say, quiet your mind. When I did, I knew the dog was in stop and chop looking for me. So I went back to stop and chop, and sure enough, that's what they were. So those are the wonderful things that happen. And, you know, if if they're outside and I want them to come in at night, I tell them, I'm worried about you. I don't want you out there now. Come on in. And boom, they're at the door. Yeah, they they understand yeah. so much. I, I I agree. There are so many stories, and you have some incredible stories. I want to go through a couple in the book, but there are so many stories about animals being healers, about animals finding, rescuing people. There's now a lot of information about dogs being able to help with, with diagnoses of certain diseases. Oh, yeah. So tell us one of your favorite stories, because there are so many, and I have a well, couple. Well, one that... Well, let me add this, just so people know scientifically. Relationships change our body chemistry. 
And the doctor in Australia did a study after people had a heart attack. He looked them up a year later. If you had a dog in the house, 6% of the people had died. If there was no dog in the house, 24% had died. And that's not an accident, if you know what I mean. And it doesn't matter whether it's a heart attack, cancer, or anything else. So all those things are true. But one of the biggest lessons I found that I mentioned in the book was about forgiveness. Um, we, my wife and I saw two, cat, uh, two rabbits running loose in the woods near our house, a white and a black one. So they became snowflake and smudge. And we were able to trap them in a have-a-heart trap. They had escaped from some neighbor's house. I never found out who, so we adopted them, brought them in. They became house rabbits. The smudge, uh, and I was told by veterinarians, be very careful. They need to get to know each other. You have dogs in the house, you know, so forth. So, okay. Ten days after smudge was in the house, I stepped outside to get something. I realized you left the pet door because smudge was in the yard. Uh, our dog, Furfy, named after all his fur, was in the house. And I thought, well, 10 days, they know each other. It'll be all right. But when I came back, Smudge had wounds around her head. Mm-hmm. And I could tell that it must have been Furfy grabbing her like a stuffed toy and shaking her. And two lessons. One, when I'm with veterinarian help, of course, when I'm taking care of Smudge, being a surgeon, it wasn't a problem for me to care for her wounds. But I realized whenever I was hurting her, she would lick my hand. Not bite my finger, but lick my hand. And that used to break my heart, you know, when I'd apologize and ease up. But it was just her way of saying, take it easy. But then right. a few weeks later, I went out in the evening. We have a fenced-in yard, so it's not that they're all running loose. But... I would always bring the rabbit in, worrying if some predator jumped the fence, the rabbit wouldn't have a way to protect herself like all the cats and dogs did. So I would go out to get her, and she would always hide. And one night I said to her, why don't you let me pick you up and bring you in? And -hmm. believe me, I heard these words from her. You don't treat the cats this way. I said, what are you talking about? (laughs) Remember, this is all in my head. And she said, you let the cats stay out at night. I said, yeah, because they can take care of themselves. They can climb a tree. They have claws. You know, you can't. And from that night on, she let me pick her up every night because I wasn't treating her, you know, in a different way. I was caring about her. But then one night I went out. And she understood. About two weeks. Yeah, two weeks after she was injured, I went out. And I'm calling her name, and I can't find her. I mean, it's crazy. It's a front yard. Where is she? And... Then I saw Furfy lying on the ground, and I thought, oh, I'll go pet him while I'm looking for the rabbit. And what do I see when I go over to him? Hiding behind him and in sort of in his fur and back was Smudge. She was using him as a way of hiding from me. And that <laughs> impressed the hell out of me. Here's a creature who has bitten her, you know, threatened her life. And she has forgiven him, and they're friends now. And, you know, just think, if we could all act in that way towards each other, uh, what a different world this would be. Uh, right. You know, our wounds would help us to heal, not become enemies of each other. 
rather than holding those grudges for so long, yeah. being able to release it and move forward. Yeah. You have something, so many stories. There's another one about um, Morris the cat, how, how Morris comforts a, a woman who's, who's hurt and helps her. Can you describe that a little bit in more detail? That's, since I'm a cat lover, that, that, that really resonates. I'm not sure of, I mean, there's so many stories. I'm not sure of that one. Um, so talk about how animals help us with healing and going through a difficult situation, because that's it, related it, to that. Yeah, it, you know, as you were saying, that the the presence of another living thing, uh, of relationships, and I say living things because in some cases even plants help prolong people's lives. Um, when senior citizens were told take care of these plants and others were told were decorating your room and the people who lived longer were those who were told to take care of but i think again there is compassion there is love the animals are non-judgmental um and as i said the touch changed our our chemistry and i mean that literally our internal chemistry uh in the humorous side in one study 37 percent of women said the man they married they met walking their dog. And anybody with a dog knows that if you walk the dog, more people talk to you than if you're walking alone. Then they're more likely on their cell phones or something else. And the cats are the same way. I mean, in, in you know, yes, they each have their own personalities. But I see in our house, and it's kind of interesting, sexually speaking, we have four cats, two boys, two girls. The boys love my wife. And the girls are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the boys don't trust me like they they trust my wife. So if I'm walking down the hall, I know they're thinking, what's he going to do? You know, is he going to treat me, take me to the vet? What's going on? But if I walk past our cats, who are named Princess and Hope, um, they you know, they just sit there. They're waiting to be petted. They'll even jump up on the table when I'm eating dinner. Um Hope is the one who rests on my wounds in the evening. Um, uh, and, and the male cats, you know, they're thinking, if I'm lying in bed, then they don't worry about me because I'm lying down, I can't do anything. Right. And the other is, which is even humorous, is if I sit down on the toilet, then they walk up and give me a bump and say, hey, pet me while you're there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're, they're so intuitive, too. Uh, the other day I, I, I had, you know, when, when let's say you have, well, this should interest people. I'm sure I mentioned it in the book. <clears throat> At our son's house where I have more animals, he's a neighbor, um, I would feed two outdoor cats that live right on his property and were taken care of. But, you know, they're sort of semi-outdoor cats. And I said to bet when it was time for them to get a rabies shot, I have to bring them in the morning because that's the only time I can really pick them up and, bring them when I put the you know breakfast out right so he said fine the two cats did not show up for a solid week after I made the appointment and I finally said to the vet forget it guess who showed up the next morning you know (laughs) those are the things that convince me that they know damn well what's going on in our heads and you know um, I, I totally agree. Sometimes I'll think, where where is my cat? Her name is Selena, and and like within seconds, she she just pops. I don't know where she is. I've yeah. looked for her, but she pops up. 
you also talk about how animals come to people in dreams and they have messages. Have you oh, had yeah. that experience yourself? Yeah, several. I mean, just so people know, I mean, one of our cats years ago who lived to be 20 and died of a reaction to a medication, otherwise God knows how many years she would have lived. But um, her name was Miracle, and it mm. was because a woman patient with cancer had a dream and said a cat named Miracle appeared and told me what my treatment should be. And, of course, it worked, and she's fine. And so when one of our kids came home with a kitten a few days after the dream, I said, okay, we'll name it Miracle. And I always tell people, if you want to have fun and get your neighbors to wonder if you're sane or not, you know, have a cat <laughs> named Miracle and a cat named Hope and even a dog named Sex. I love that. Because when you're running around looking for them, you know, Miracle, Hope, Sex, um, I'm, the neighbors are always, uh, we better not have anything to do with him anymore. But... One of my dreams that really impressed me was a cat named Diamond. And I thought it was an iridescent, beautiful cat in mm -hmm. the dream. And I thought, why don't people say Diamond? You know, they're not saying the D. And I saw um, James Hillman, the Jungian therapist, to talk about several things one day and mentioned this dream with a cat that nobody's pronouncing its name right. And he said, Bernie... That's not, Diamond is not the name of the cat. It's Diamond, D-A-I-M-O-N. It's your spirit, you wow. see. And then it was like, wow, suddenly the dream was so meaningful and different rather than people are pronouncing his name wrong. But just, he said, it's your spirit, that iridescent, beautiful cat and, you know, what it's teaching you and talking to you about. And that's the part, again, that fascinates me so, how your consciousness knows the correct, you know, pronunciation and statement. It's your intellect that gets in the way. And I always say, frankly, I think we sleep to communicate at that level and, uh, you know, and to know that. And another thing that I do, uh, people may think I'm nuts by the time our interview's over, but I adopt pets when I am told to go to the shelter. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it's easier it. to give you a message. I wrote a book, as I mentioned, Buddy's Candle. Right. When I finished writing it, I left the house to walk with the dog, Furphy, and I heard a voice. And I mean literally, I hear a voice. It said, go to the animal shelter. So I grab Furphy, we jump in the car, we drive down to the shelter. I walk in the door... And out of my mouth comes, what's his name? This is about a dog <laughs> sitting next to the door. Right, well, what do you think his you. name was? Yeah, waiting they said, his you, name right? is Buddy. He's been here less than 15 minutes. Waiting. <laughs> I said, I'm here to take him home. And right. I did. And, um, well, the dog I have now is named Rags. I mean, Furphy has died. Buddy has died. I had them for many years. Um and then, uh, I have to tell you first something humorous. I got a message, go to the shelter. I walk in, there's this big uh, Alaskan husky, and I love those dogs. I've always wanted one. What's his name? His name is Brady. That's my name in Irish. And, and literally, a, a boy from an Irish family was named after me, but as the family said, we named him Brady because we're Irish. 
So I said, oh, I'll take him home. And I did. <laughs> but he was so big and strong and active. I mean, he was just knocking over and scaring everybody in the house. And um, and he was too smart to, to be able to separate him. He even squeezed through the cat pet door. You know, I watched him do that, and I thought, oh, boy, is he smart. So I brought him back, and we found another family to take him. But when I brought him back, here's this little white, you know, dog sitting there looking at me. And I said, okay, he'll take you home. He didn't even have a name. But I named him Rags. And I would tell everybody, you want to have your heart broken, but understand animals. Read that poem by Edmund Vincent Cook, C-O-O-K-E. On the Internet, you can get it. But the essence of it is a dog named Rags who saves the lives of many soldiers during the war. It's a true and story. one of them wants to take him home right. uh, when he's discharged, but he can't find the dog. When he gets back to medical school, and that's why this struck my heart, he goes into the lab. There's a dog cut open on the table. Oh. He goes over to him, and it's Rags. Oh. And what does Rags do, though? What I mentioned earlier, Rags licks his hand mm. and then dies. And as he said, if there's no place in heaven for a dog like that, well, I'll take my place in hell. Wow. That poem had me crying, too. And so I named a new little friend Rags, and he's such a honey and a sweetheart and one of the best dogs I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that that's just brought tears to my eyes, too. That's really, that's a beautiful story. Painful, but beautiful story. And I believe we get messages, so I don't think you're yeah. crazy. I get messages, too. And, and I also, I mean, don't you understand your animals? Like you said, you, you, you can, you're talking to them inside your head. Yeah. You know what they're saying, and they're responding, and it makes perfect sense. And a lot Absolutely. of people don't do that. So why is there... So much animal abuse. Are we threatened by animals in some way? No, it's about parenting. And and let me let me add something that appeared in Cat Fancy magazine years ago. See, I'll, I'll give you a test question. All right. Okay. This is a true story. You have nine cats in your house, and you and your husband smoke. One of the cats gets lung cancer. The others are having trouble breathing. So, what do you and your husband decide to do? To quit smoking. No. The magazine wrote this full page. I mean, not the patient, the person sent in. It ends with this paragraph. Doug and I now smoke in the yard. We're, we love our cats more than the convenience of smoking indoors. We're not killing our cats anymore. We hope you're not killing yours. Yeah, that but blew they're my just mind. But they're just I, I wrote to the magazine, I, you know, I, I said, don't you make a comment that they're killing themselves? And also, and also the environment and animals outside, yeah. right? Yeah. So what you're asking is about love, you know, how you're parented. You know, people are realizing and even changing laws that people who abuse animals also abuse other people and their right. children. Right. So it's how you parent it. If you're brought up with love, you have a reverence for life. Our children were brought up as, in what I call the Seagull Zoo. I mean, we <laughs> we live on, you know, people say, oh, you got a farm. No, we have an acre and a half. It's like, well, then how can you have ducks and goats and geese and, you know, all these things 
in the house and out of the house, but everything was family. Every creature we had had a name and was treated as if they were a part of the family. As a matter of fact, the ducks and geese, everything hatched in incubators, I mean the eggs. Um, and so they thought our, our children were their parents. That's who they imprinted on. And I always tell the story of the ducks and geese always wanted to get on the school bus because our kids were going away. And, and they wanted to jump up and go on the school bus. And when I put them in a lake near my parents' house, my mother called me within three days and said, I got a question, and the neighbors don't understand it. What is it? The ducks and geese come out of the lake and go all the way up to the street every time a school bus stops. That broke my heart because oh, they were right. looking for their family. Right. And they weren't there anymore. Yeah. But that's how connected we become. So our children have a reverence for life. And I know that even though one is in law enforcement with a gun, he would never hurt anybody because he spends a part of his life, if he sees a stray animal or pet or something in the street, he'll spend part of his day saving that creature. So he values life. And if we bring up children to be loved and with a house full of creatures that they care about and know that life is significant and important, then they're not going to hurt anybody else because that's a part of their life. And I when they're brought up, you know, with what I, with the opposite of love, which is indifference, whether you're a pet or a child, you'll respond to that. You know, animals, like you've been saying all along, also teach us how to love and how to be compassionate. Even so, even an animal that oftentimes has been injured by his or her owner will still go back and, and be loving most of the time, which right. is amazing to me. Yeah, they're, they're not judging us. You know, we're the ones who are judging, and they don't, and that's the nice part. They're always, as I say, forgiving. And, you know, one other story that impresses me, if you don't mind, Please. It, it, to go off to, because, again, how the animals have that intuitive connection. Uh, someone I know, uh, her daughter was murdered, mm. and I was helping her to deal with the loss of her daughter. She had said that in the house, uh, they had two daughters, you know, the wife, and uh, several cats, all of which were female. So they always were teasing and laughing at the husband, who was, you know, the only male in the house. Right. The daughter who was murdered, before she was murdered, had gone to get a male dog for the father. But at the breeders, the dog she selected, the breeder said, I'm sorry, but that's the pick of the litter, and someone already has a right to it. So she went home without a dog. Um, after the daughter had died, the other women in the house thought it would be nice to get, you know, dad uh, something to help him deal with the emotional issue of having lost a daughter. And uh, they went back to the breeders, and the room was full of a bunch of poodles running around making a racket, so the, the breeder gave a signal, and they all stopped. But one of the dogs didn't stay, you know, still like the others. It right. ran over and jumped up into the father's lap and put his paws on his shoulders. 
and the father began crying. Mm-hmm. And in in essence, the dog was not you know physically crying, but acting in the same way, emotional. And the breeder says, "Oh my God, what do you mean? What is it?" That's the dog your daughter picked out. <gasps> oh, my God. The people could not keep it, so they brought it back. Oh, my God. And that dog helped the fe- the family to survive and to heal. But you'd say, how did something like that happen? Um, you know, that's why I say that the, the events that happen in people's lives and these stories need to be shared to open our minds. You know, it's just so much truth in them. It's interesting because there used to be some arguments and maybe still are that animals don't have souls and animals don't grieve mm-hmm. and and all of that is so untrue and and right. we like you and this book really signals and signifies to us the importance of animals in our lives and what you did with your kids was so incredible Bernie because you surrounded them with all these wonderful incredible beings that taught them such such great life lessons and um like you said they they carry that with them for the rest of their lives yes yeah they they all have houseful you know not as crazy as we were when they were younger because <laughs> when you have five kids i always they were the crew if you know what i mean that could take care of the animals but i can tell you it was stressful for me too because you'd come home Oh, the guinea pig's a labor and it can't deliver. Yeah, I've done a cesarean section on a guinea pig. I've operated oh on God. turtles, you know, delivered cows. I mean, it, it's just crazy. But the fact that I was a doctor, I finally had to say to the kid, this is something true also. I said, look, I cannot save everybody's life. You have to understand that, you know, we're all here for a limited time and death is going to come. Because they would think, oh, you're a doctor, you'll save everybody. And it it helped them also to learn how to cope with the loss of a loved one. Um, Well, that's a part part of life, I can never stop talking because all these stories. But all of the creatures that died are buried around our house um, with some kind of little monument that reminds me of where they are, so they're always with me. But one, you know, I talked about a voice. One um, dog named Duke, he died on Father's Day. And people were saying, that's no accident. You'll never forget him now. Um, And every morning I would go out to build a little monument out of stones for him. When I say every morning, I'd find another stone, put it on, you know, and keep making the monument taller. Right. And then one morning, what a wonderful message came. I'm a, looking for a rock, and I heard a voice, and it had to be Duke, say to me, why don't you bring me a flower? <laughs> and it was like, wow, thank you. Because I know how heavy my heart felt every morning looking for a rock. But as soon as it was, look for a flower, I knew what he was saying to me. Find something beautiful, pretty. And Lighten there's up. a story yeah, um, called Wolfen, because that's why I built all these monuments. And I was reading it. I, again, it was in a book. I'm reading this book to our kids, and suddenly I come across this, and I'm crying, and the kids are looking at me like, what's wrong with you? It's a story. But it's a knight comes home from the war, knows his wife has given birth to a child, 
He goes up to the nursery. The room is covered in blood. The crib is upside down. His dog Uh. is standing there with blood all over him. He assumes the dog has killed his baby. So he kills the dog and then picks up the crib. And there lies his healthy child with a dead wolf next to it. And he realizes he has uh, killed the wolf that saved, I mean, the dog that saved his baby's life. Bernie, you're making me cry. (laughs) Yeah, I cried. The kids were looking at me like, what are you crying about? You you have have my heart. I and that's know. why I have at the at the head of our driveway this enormous pile of stones just in memorial to everybody, all the creatures. I think that's beautiful. We're almost out of time, but if you can remember this one story that you have in the book about how an, a cat actually saved someone from, from committing, saved a woman from committing suicide. That was very profound for me because the cat knew do you remember that story at all? Can you tell me a little more? Because I, w- I was thinking of another one where the dog pressed on the horn. Well, let's, the hear that was... one. let's hear that one then. All right. Yeah. Um, they, they were visiting relatives out in the middle of nowhere, and um, the relatives had left, and the family that was the visiting were getting in, you know, about to get in the car, but the said, can I just ride my bike down the hill one more time? And he does, skids on some gravel and gets thrown off the bike and badly injured. And they're in the middle of nowhere. The the mother doesn't know what to do. How do I get hope? Where do I go? And the dog is in the car. He starts blowing the horn endlessly. And the mother is like, stop, what do you, you know, don't, we don't need the noise, we've got enough trouble. But he doesn't. And in a few minutes, who shows up? Several neighbors. And one of them was a nurse who helps the boy. And the mother said, why did you come? What? Well, we heard the horn blowing. <laughs> That's something in this area. We're all isolated. So if we have an emergency, we start blowing the horn repeatedly, and it's a sign that you need help. Wow. And the woman said the dog has never, ever done that since. But that's the the thing that, you know, you say, how does that happen? And it's that universal knew. consciousness. Right. The dog knew, yeah. and the dog, the dog picked up on that, and the dog was... And you have such incredible stories, and I want to encourage everybody. This is, book is called, I love all your books, but this is called Love, Animals, and Miracles, and the inspiring true stories celebrating the healing bond that we have with animals. And, Bernie, how can people get this book, find out more about the wonderful, well, wonderful stuff that you are doing? Yeah, one good thing they can do, nice thing, is to take themselves to my website where there are many articles that they can enjoy and, you know, referring to a lot of these things. It's Bernie Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L, BernieSiegelMD.com. And they can email me from there, too. Uh, so if they ever had a question, and so and they can order the book there. Yeah, let me give them a bargain. If they, There is something called a comment box. If they put in the number 36... They'll get a 15% discount if they ordered this book through that or other of my multiple books. Um, 
So you can go there for Buddy's Candle, Smudge Bunny, you know, the children's books that I've written, and uh, all kinds of other books that you were mentioning. Uh, so BernieSiegelMD.com, and the number 36 will get you a bargain. Wonderful. <laughs> Bernie, thanks so much. You're always such a resource of wisdom, of love, and healing, and your generosity for not only for all of us but for animals is, is just something to be extolled. Thanks so much for sharing Thank your you. time with me and with our listeners. Have a blessed day. Uh, bless you, Joanne. Thank you, Bernie. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. We've been listening to Bernie Siegel. Go to his website and make sure that you get love, animals, and miracles. Find out more. Remember, use the code 36 so you can get a discount. And this book, I mean, Bernie was only able to share a few of the stories. There are so many stories in the book, a diagnosed by dog, how a dog really helped to diagnose people. And I've been seeing so much story about Dolphin's story. Like I said, there was a story in there about how a cat actually helped a woman, prevented a woman from committing suicide. These stories are real, and they touch your heart in such a way, and they have such so many lessons to teach us and to teach your children. If you can't read these to your children, remember Bernie has some wonderful books for children, but you can also paraphrase some of these stories because children need to know of the miraculous ways that animals can help us heal and shift and also as Bernie was so aptly talking about if we if we had that sense of animal consciousness that unconditional love and forgiveness what a different world as he said what a different world this will be if you want to find out more about me drjoannewhite.com and this is Autism Awareness Month, my newest book, More Heaven, Because Every Child is Special, is devoted to a true story when I was teaching children with special needs and autism. And the proceeds for this book are going to the Autism Cares Foundation in the creation of their Center of Excellence. Tune in. We love hearing your messages. If you want to get a hold of me, Joanne at D-R-J-O-A-N-N-E-W-H-I-T-E.com. Let us know about what you want to hear. And remember, you have the ability to change your life. You are powerful beyond measure. You can access some of your incredible gifts and share them with the world. Thanks so much for joining us, and have a blessed day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.